Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Penderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. Hope you are welcome back to another podcast episode. Episode, whatever it is. We're talking all things fantasy footy. You got MJ with you joining me on this episode. It is your captain speaking, Kane. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm really well, MJ. Interesting week. Really interesting week. A lot of the stuff we talked about last week went in a lot of different ways. And we know text was a massive talking point that mm-hmm. we spent a lot of time in and um, we said in the, in the salary cap formats of DT and Supercoach, it was probably a specific team structure that would have worked out for him. I think AF, we all said, you can oh, definitely cool. go with him. I yeah. think we were very much go for it. And um, obviously the people that did are stoked. And now we've got people saying, can I please get a ticket to the text station <laughs> this week, which is awfully interesting. I think rookies, the roulette was in full flood again, oh, especially in Supercoach MJ. Some of those scores... Uh, we're back to earth, really, let's be honest. And um, the Rucks, Gorn and Grundy, who would have thought those guys were good at football, especially fantasy? Oh, mate, there, there is a bunch to get through in this episode. This might even be the second podcast you've heard from us today. Uh, just a handful of hours ago, Jimmy and I revealed the 15 new Ultimate Footy DPPs that have been added. They happen after around 3, 6, 9, 12, and 15, if you want to go check out our thoughts on those 15 players. There's an article at coachespanel.tv or wherever you're listening to this episode. Once you're done here, don't leave now. Once you're done here, you can go back and check that out. All right, okay. there's, there's a fair bit to get through. I feel like the most pivotal place to start at is often is at the front half of the year is let's talk about our cash cows, our players that we need to nail them right. Because if we do, that's where that cash generation can come to ultimately get the completed sides closer by upgrading them to premiums, getting rid of these others that have either topped out in price or are not delivering quite to what we're stuck at. There's some big options for us, but I think there's one. Maybe we should talk about the easiest cash cow to address right now. In AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, uh, sorry, in Supercoach and Dream Team, there feels like there's one defensive cow that's on the bubble that feels like a fairly obvious move, especially if you're a Hayden Young owner. Yeah. Well, Heath Chapman, MJ, he was in the team prior to Hayden Young's hamstring industry injury, excuse me, and obviously he was a popular player, Hayden Young. A lot of people were on board underwhelming even prior to the injury on the weekend against mm. the Blues. But Heath Chapman, it was the tackling. I think if you're a young owner, what was really frustrating was he was rarely sighted. The most excitement you'd get is, is he going to take a kick out? We know yeah. the one kick out he took on the weekend, while well, he didn't play on to get a disposal from it, he turned it straight over. Yeah. You know, Wilson came in, he started taking them. We know Luke Ryan is the primary guy, but Hayden Young's just really not involved in the play that much. He, he flew for a lot of marks and he took some intercept marks, but there wasn't that kick mark game style that we saw last year that I thought would really suit him if it carried on into this year. But Heath Chapman, he's a lot more around the ball. Again, yeah. heaps of tackle attempts, six tackles, again, three free kicks against. So at least he's actually around creating contact, creating contest, trying to win the ball back for his side. And, he was rewarded with a 73 and an 86 across the formats, which is mm. really good going. 
you couple that with we have a backline shortage, MJ. Don't oh, we? Let's be honest. Ever. We've lost Harry Sharp. Yeah. We've lost Tommy Heimel. Maybe Heimel's a guy that can come back in with the Saints playing quite poor on the weekend. Sure. Big loss, but even Kaczynski still, I don't think we can great. guarantee it. And that's the other one. Kaczynski, low score, and on the chopping block, really had some moments in the game that he'd rather have back, especially when you think about how close Hawthorne were to pulling off that win against yeah. Geelong. So if you've got no cover there it's awfully appetizing to bring a guy like Chapman in job security looks pretty good we've seen the scoring albeit in a loss as well which is always interesting um and he was a guy that we actually liked pre-season which is always a massive sign Mm. in my book because it shows that there's fantasy prospects there unreal athlete as well great runner which I think we've seen in this game is really really important and for a second game to put up that type of score really, really encouraging. And as I said, in a line that's really, really difficult for us. Yeah, I, I think if you're a Hayden Young owner, sometimes we overcomplicate the game. It, it's just a, one of the cleanest, simplest moves. Unless you've got something stored in the kitty where all of a sudden you can go to one of these big top four, top six territory of defenders, I, no matter the format, Maybe in AFL fantasy, you can jump on the back of a, an Isaac Cumming or a Giath or, a, you know, these kind of guys that have got some nice break even. So maybe you could get away with a manoeuvre like that. But for me and Dream Team and Supercoach, it's pretty simple. If you've got a Hayden Young-sized problem, you're either going down to get Chapman or you're going all the way up to one of the big boys. For me, in those two formats where trades potentially, coaches have already maybe used up to it, up to four trades already, maybe even more, if they've had some bad injury luck and missed on a few cows, they could be down six trades. So you want to not burn them too hard if you don't have to. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And, and to be honest, the scoring's not that far different anyway. I think obviously in Supercoach MJ... Hayden Young was pretty solid. He had that really nice first game against Melbourne when he scored 88, you know, 61 against the Giants. And then, you know, he was maybe on track for another 50 or 60 against Carlton. How do you know? Some people can have big second halves. But you're not losing a ton playing Chapman on the field. Obviously, there's always that risk with a rookie. But, again, even a guy that we really like, you know, Braden Campbell, you know, he's shown that in three weeks he can dish up three completely different scores. So that's just rookies. I don't think you can be too too stressed Hayden Young you know wasn't going to be that shooting star that we were hoping for yeah um and I agree with you simple move you know around 120 130k in the bank move on again probably a really nice position to be if you could take Young up and move you know another rookie to a Chapman especially if you've got a Harry Sharp that you can you know do some DPP and move around I think you'd love Chapman on the bench like that would be That's a dream, dream. scenario yeah. but i just see i just see the way that a lot of teams are structured up it's just not really possible without sidewaysing a home or sidewaysing a cozy and i think at this stage um, both of those guys have shown that they can be in the team at certain stages and i think you really want to make that move for you know 20 30k that you have to spend to get to chapman i feel like you'd rather go young to chapman have your cash yeah hope that Chapman can deliver you some 50s and 60s, which again is perfectly fine for rookie. Yep. And just start building your team that way. Like you said, if you're already down four trades heading into this week and you've got young, yeah. you know, you really haven't advanced the team because money hasn't moved enough to make those moves unless you've identified guys that are so underpriced and they're going to be premiums throughout, Yeah. which is obviously too early to stay at this stage. Um, 
you know, you've used a lot of trades and you haven't advanced the team much at all, which is just sometimes how it goes, MJ. Yeah, you know, sometimes you get, you get you get injuries, you get suspensions. Um, but I think, as you said, don't overthink this one. Young to Chapman. Easy. Very simple trade. And then there's a lot of other stuff going on that you can um, work through about how you're going to use that other trade if you think you need to. Yeah, it's fair enough. And, and there's no the beauty of Dream Team and Supercoach is the other cash cows that maybe AFL Fantasy coaches are considering, both the played one game or that have already been announced to debut, like a couple of Tigers have. And, and there's potentially some more that might come. Not, not so much from Richmond, but from, from other avenues as well. Um, is there's probably three names that AFL fantasy coaches outside of Chapman probably considering, and, and I'm keen on your take. They, these are Alec Waterman, the difficulty, as good as he looked, by the way, against St Kilda, plays that first game. Tomorrow, tomorrow night, he's up against the Swans and no forward has done, outside of Tex, no forward has scored well on Sydney. Barely any players have MJ. I, I we'll think get to Tex that, is I the only barely. one. Yeah. He's the only guy. Yep. Um, and we'll talk about him later on too. Yes, we're going to go double dipping on the text train again. We'll talk about that. So so he's one. Alec Waterman is one rookie that we need to focus on. This is very AFL fantasy because other formats, you've got the luxury of waiting a week. You don't have to move. Next one, Chris Burgess. Defender eligible, played the Sam Day role as the second tall forward against Adelaide for Gold Coast. Then that Jared Witts ACL, we'll talk about him in a moment too, what coaches should do with Jared Witts if they're an owner there. Witts goes out, outside of King, there's no other forwards. If they took King out, they've got no forward targets. They take any of their key defenders, they've got no defensive lockdown. He goes in, O'Brien dominates, Crows win, probably for that reason, no other. Crows were more composed, but that's probably the, the game right there. So Burgess is the other. And then the third, for sake of a better third if you wanted to put it there is Devin Robertson from Brisbane huge game especially in the latter half huge second half but only probably made his way into some side through injury created opportunity which he, he took it by the scruff of the neck but the, one of the big midfielders that coming in is is a likely in of Jared Berry so we've got three cows outside of Chapman that AFL fantasy coaches are considering this week. Can you rank them in an order? I know it's different. Every side's different. They've got different failed mid prices. They've got different injuries, all that stuff. But, but how do coaches navigate those three and, and include Chapman in the mix for me too, Kate? What do we do with AFL fantasy there? Yeah, it's a really tricky one. It's a really tricky one. And I think what will be swaying a lot of people is what are they doing with their other trade, because if you can get to the premium you want and it takes going down to Waterman, who's the cheapest of that crew of four that you've mentioned, yeah, all of a sudden he looks a lot more appealing, bringing him in to do your upgrade if it gets you that real premium. Well, if it gets you, you like. if going him gets you wits to a Grundy as exactly. opposed to wits to, oh, I'm going to be, maybe I'll and that's what I will. Brian. That's yeah. what I will press, preface it with is, if it's a move like that, if, if you've got that pairing, like you said, and you need all the cash you can get and Waterman's the only one you can afford yeah, and it gets your wits to grind, I'd even probably go one step further and say, if you have to take on 
a 170k guy because that's how low you have to go that's debuting this week yeah. to get Wits to Grundy or, or Gorn if that's where you need to go. Like I'm actually for that because I just think it, all of these guys have concerns. Chapman has the least concern in terms of job security for me. Sure. In a sense that, um, you know, I think he's already in the team. There's been an injury in a similar position to him and there's not really much waiting in the wings that I think can, you know, fly past him and take him out of that role, especially when he's playing well. <laughs> the other guys are really, are really, really interesting. Waterman, <laughs> the difficulty in AFL fantasy is, do you want to bring this guy in off one, a massive Bombers win. He kicked two goals, mm. had three goal assists. And if you watch the game, they were just dominant. running all over the Saints. Dominant. They were hugely dominant, um, playing a small forward role, maybe getting up to the flanks. But really, there's no mid-clock. There's no CBAs. There's nothing like that for him. So for me, he's probably a 40 to 50 guy. Again, clearly he can have some good games. But as I said, two goals, 68 you know, okay tackles, okay marks, but nothing where you go, you know, he can build six, seven tackles a game. He yeah. can get some mark, whatever. Um, and also he's at a price where waiting one more week on him, he's still a valid option next week. If he delivered another 60, he's really not going to get outrageous. He's only going to sort of get to just past what a Devin Robinson is this week. Devin's the one in terms of I had to play someone on the field. He's the one you he, He's the one I feel to play. Yeah, prefer to play on the field. Massive junior numbers. Insane junior numbers. Ball use is the issue. And if you watch the Collingwood game, you'll see at times that he's not precise in that sense. <laughs> he's he's a super hard worker. Yeah. Clearly runs hard. You can see it in his game. Like look at the numbers. He's seven plus marks, seven plus tackles, disposals are there. Runs hard, tries hard. You know, clearly he was the captain WA. He was future captain written all over him before yeah. he was drafted. But there's a reason he slid in the draft despite the fantasy numbers. He's not polished no. in that sense. That is the knock on his game. So when you've got a guy like Jared Berry, who does play a little bit more outside than maybe people think with his, you know, yeah. he's very hard at the footy. Um, it does seem like it's between Tom Berry and Devin for that role. Um, if you look at past years, Tom's always been ahead. Of Devon. I know mm. Devon had a really good game, but um, it just seems like to me, it's probably a two or three week hit. I think you have to be having that mindset with Devon. Clearly, if he plays with that 90 plus score he got last week, there He'll is quick money. cash. Yeah, in there's, fans, there's, very, sure. there's very quick cash. I just wouldn't want people thinking that this is a guy that they're going to probably ride up to 400K, has great job security. Like, if you're He's playing him in the Warner midfield. Type, yeah. No, like he's he's very much still on the fringe for mine. Um, again, it was a good game, but he wasn't the reason they won. He had a good statistical game, um, which again, we love. We love that in fantasy, yeah. but I just think, you know, I'm not bending over backwards to get him in because um, I just, I think there's 100K there if you can play three more games. Yep. Um, and that's probably on the lower end, especially in AFL fantasy after that monster score. But you know, is he going to be there every week for you? Probably not. If you've got a really strong bench, and that's the hard thing with AFL Fantasy MJ. At one week, you do have a strong bench. The, the next, next week, you got, you got nothing. nothing. So, um, again, you move on to Burgess. And this is a guy that was a 30-40 guy for us. Now, he's had a good game. He's had a, a good game. He had a good Adelaide. game before he moved to the Rock, too. 
he he had well that's the that's sort of the issue mj in that sense is uh, you know looking at the numbers when he went into the ruck three hit outs from 30 ruck contests that's a 10 percent at the 10 percent win rate which is really 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 low now mm-hmm. if he's going to score well in that role he is going to have to tackle his heart out he's mm-hmm. going to have to be scoring 20 points from tackles a game like he's yep. just going to have to harass the other ruckman and run around the thing that i worry is his size 191 not a big guy slender athletic like you start crashing into ruckman yep in and out all of a sudden that mobility that you may have an advantage on them uh, after a quarter of that it just doesn't really work like that 10 minute mark of the last quarter exactly exactly that's my worry is he gets better as the game goes on that's such a good run it was a bit of a perfect storm in that in that sense perfect storm for everything for him through there so for me he He's got a break even in AFL fantasy again. We're not talking about him in Dream Team and Super Coach because he's not on the bubble. No, give us another week. Give us another week to look give at him. Give yourself week. That's why we're saying in those formats, if you need a defender, Chapman's your boy. Other than that, don't worry about it. Break even of minus seven in AFL fantasy. If he scores 40, he'll make you 30K. But if yeah. he only scores 40, He'll probably then get another game the week after because day's still a while away, but he'll probably only then make another 10 to 15, meaning unless you're confident that he's a 60 guy for the next fortnight, is that the best use of a trade? Well, the other thing, MJ, is he's probably going to be on the field for a lot of people. That's my other issue. So if you're going young and let's just use an example that's, I'd say, is quite popular. If you've got young and Jordan Clark, Mm-hmm. Two mid-price guys. Now, the temptation there is one up, one down. Mm-hmm. Both of those guys are on-field guys. And in the back line, you've probably got a bench that is comprised of Cozzy, yep. Sharp, or Highmore. Now, let's assume that maybe only one of those play. And sure. let's be honest, the one that everyone wants is Highmore. You, know, that's, you, mm-hmm. you want a 50-60 guy. Like, do you really want to put Burgess on the field? Against uh-uh. Carlton, oh. and and you can have again. We just spoke about rookies. We know they can dish up low scores. That is part and parcel. But this is a guy that has played in the AFL for you know two years ago. Played more than ten games. Yeah, and he averaged in the thirties. And as I said, I just don't think it's quite as lucrative. They're going to bring Caleb Graham in to play some of that role too. So it's not like he's going to be exclusively. Like nah, he's going to need to kick goals. Is my point. He's going to have to have marks. I just don't like. We see this. I think some people think it's Cam Pedersen. Like when Cam Pedersen got this role a few years ago, yeah. he became a premium forward because <laughs> yeah. he had forward status and he was a ruckman, yeah. super athletic. It just feels like a burden for me with Burgess that after a few weeks, he's absolutely worn down. They give him a rest. And the next thing you know, Zach Smith's healthy in four weeks' time and he's out of the side again. Like it just seems like for the price you're paying, I'd rather take a flyer on Devon for the quick cash and the scoring on field. Yeah. Or I'd really just rather go, you know, I'd rather wait a week on Wardham. I just think Burgess has so much risk that you play him on the field and he scores you a 30, doesn't make you much cash. And, you know, you've actually had to invest a little bit into him because he's still over 200K in that. It just, it's not a great crew, MJ. Like, it sounds no, exciting. Ward, you know, you read off the names Wardham and Devon, Burgess, you know, it's and even Chapman at his price, though, he's more than 100K 
more than basement. Well, he's so it's just okay, yeah, yeah. So it eat, and again, he was a high pick, so he's starting at that at that t- price tag. But it's not, it's not exciting. It's not really exciting me this crew, especially when we had awesome guys to start. That's why for me, I look at someone like the, Richmond have con- confirmed a, a couple of debutants that have come into their side. Um, one of those is a is a Ryan Mansell who they picked up through the, uh, the supplementary period at the start of the year. Um, kid out of Tassie, twenty year old, mature age, just got wheels for days, and that's where I look at someone like him and go, look for the fifty k. It saves me on the initial investment um, to go him over Burgess. He's got equally probable similar scoring potential, like a forty to fifty odd out of the Richmond backline, knowing that while well, they want to involve him in the game. He, He's, he's, it's his first opportunity in this system and structure that has been so powerful for so long. Um, for me, I almost go, you know what? I'll take that extra 50K now in the kitty. And even if he doesn't match the scoring of a Burgess, they're not just going to give him one and done game. That, that's not Richmond. They don't give these kids one game and then ship them off. They go, hey, if you're, if you're good enough and injuries generally are the thing that have created opportunities, we'll give you a couple of goes. And so for me, I'm leaning in AFL fantasy towards a Mansell via a Kaczynski, via maybe it's a Miles Bergman and you can use that utility position. Maybe a Paul Hunter with Ryder back at the club and um, Marshall getting through the VFL. Getting rid of these guys that have either reached their potential or aren't playing and cannot score for you. That's where for me, I normally would probably wait a week on a 170 cow, but given I'm like, you know what, Burgess, I have zero trust in. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll just move Clark off. And 50% of coaches almost still have Jordan Clark um, in AFL fantasy to, to deal with in that format. The actual ownership numbers is 37%. So I'm slightly exaggerating, but you know, point proved. So for me, that's probably how I'd approach it. Waterman, only if he gets you to where you want to go. Mansell, if you've got zero trust in what Burgess can do, he would be the guy in, the, in that back line. And then Devon, if he's named, ride him, but knowing that at any week he could be gone. With one caveat, they have the earlier game this week. They do come up Saturday first game against the Doggies, so you'll know Friday night. That's a win. But the Doggies own the ball. So don't mm. expect that free-flowing Collingwood-style game where he could get heaps of the ball like he did last week. Well, that's the that's the really tricky part, MJ. And as we talked him through, I, I realised just how cold I was on those guys. Because as I said, even a Devon, as appealing as it may be to have him on the field and see that low break even, if he's out after one week, it is a bad pick. Again, yeah, of course, this is different. This is different if you got on last week. If you were, totally if you different. if you took if you got on last week, you've probably got a ninety plus score on the field. Mm-hmm. You've already grabbed, you know, forty odd k. You're going to grab another fifty this week. Sure, but that's great. You've made a hundred. You've probably got decent points, especially points per dollars. You've done yeah, really well. Absolutely. Um, but if he's just going to give me fifty k and then not be seen again, now he's got the DPP. So that makes it again stuff you can Oops. do with this utility position. Is incredible. You can really like change your whole team. Pretty much get players where you need to be, manipulate it. But if he's out after this week, it is a big issue. And the other issue is, if you want to get in a Ridley, mm-hmm. if you want to get in a Merritt, a Mills, uh, 
One any of, the of these guys that, missed, play yeah. Thursday, that play Thursday and you think, I want to get in Devon, you know, I'm going to do one up, one down, like we spoke about with you mm-hmm. know, Clark. And if we do Clark and Young again as an example, if I'm getting Devon and I'm getting Ridley, because I love Ridley and I can yeah. see why, you know, if I love Mills, all those type of guys, you're making this move before you know if Devon's playing. Mind. Now, <laughs> that's where it gets really hard because you're probably damned if you do, damned if you don't. Hmm. If you don't make the move, you can sure as hell bet that Devon will be named and he'll be and he'll play and he'll be fine. If you do make the move, he won't be named. You'll have to rely on your bench. And now you've got a guy on your team that's netted you zero dollars and has no return in mind to come back to the team. So I think it's a really tricky week. And I think this is why those mid-price guys in AFL Fantasy are super appealing, MJ. What you can get from an Isaac coming, what you can get from a Jath, what you can get from these type of mid-price guys, you can avoid having to make this decision on the rookies, which is a huge advantage because if you can get these mid-price guys doing what you think they can do, scoring 80-plus, it just puts you way ahead of these guys. Again, because they're generating cash and giving you points. And when you can trade two times a week, every week, you can flip them enough and not be exposed to these rookies because one as you know if you get a rookie and they don't play now you got to have another trade to get them out otherwise they're just dead wood and eventually you can carry dead wood for long enough and then eventually you can't and yeah. now all of a sudden you're copping zeros and you're making moves to not have um be a player short instead of the moves that you really want to do to build your side so i can see why people just want to go mid to mid price and just yeah. avoid picking these guys in total yeah. It's an interesting strategy and in, in the way to play the game. I suppose it brings me to then a the point of there's a couple of guys that across all the formats, everybody's talking back about again that they might have missed for one reason or another. Again, all those players across all formats of the game with negative break-evens, we've listed them for you at coachespanel.tv. So you don't need assistant coach or help coach or gold coach or whatever you want to call it. We've got you with the negative break-evens side of it but there's two guys specifically in the forward line that I'd like to talk to you about. One, Kane, it is, it was an inflated cash cow, but it, it but was genuinely still a cow. The other was a mid-price that I don't think anybody's predicted what he would have done, and that's Taylor Walker. If you don't own Chad Warner, now a part of the trio of Sydney Swans rising stars, look out, Wicks, it's your turn, or Logan McDonald, uh, it's your chance this week. If you don't own him, he's already gone up big money across the formats and, and has really good break-even still right across all the formats. Still. So there's plenty more to make. Have you missed the bus on Chad Warner if you're not an owner? Yeah, it's a really interesting one, MJ. Again, you look at his AFL fantasy, he's going at 80. Yeah. Now, if you think that's um, maintainable, yeah, he's definitely good value because this is – what it comes back to in AFL fantasy that I think surprises people when they look at the top teams. Like we're so used to in, in DT and Supercoach, we're always thinking top six backs, top six forwards, top eight mids, top yeah. two rucks. Like we're building that dream scenario. Yeah. But dollars per point and timing of when you bring players in totally is so important in AFL fantasy. How many times do you look at the teams that are in that maybe top 10 and you think, my team looks better than this. Like, but they've just timed it in the sense that they didn't have that 
extra cow that scored a 20. They got you know, texts at they round had, two as opposed to round they four. They got texts, and, it's, and they're 100 points up. You know, yeah. they they didn't pick a Lockie Neal, but they grabbed a Rory Sloan yeah. or a Tim Tarant. So all of a sudden, you sort of, you can see, you know, where the 100, 200 points they've made on you a week has gone. Mm. But it's just a couple sliding doors moments. And a lot of it is just going, is the player I'm picking exceeding what I paid for them? And if you look at Warner, at that 330K range he's currently at, yeah, that's a, that's a guy that averages in the 50s, the low 50s. Yep. Maybe even lower than that. Um, and he's going at 80. So you're getting 30 points if you think that's maintainable. Let's just use the simple simple sure. numbers. As Rid says, we don't work in fives. Let's work in 30s here. <laughs> a, 80 to a 50. You're getting yep. him at 50. Yep. He's giving you 80. It's very hard to go wrong when you keep picking players that are doing that. Now, I totally understand that it's not as simple as just going, sure. oh, he's he's priced at 30, he's going 60. Clearly, we want guys that are going 100. We want yeah, yeah. premium players for a reason. But at this stage, if you get enough guys that are going 20, 30 above, all of a sudden in two or three weeks, you're going one up, one down, and you're getting two big, big dogs. You don't have that extra cow yeah. on the field. And now you start avoiding those 30s, those 40s, and your floor starts becoming 70. And that's what those good teams do is they get the guys that are really going to hurt you off the field. Yeah. So when I look at Warner, and again, I think 80 might be a little bit over, but I've probably got him at least 70, 75. Yeah. There's definite value there, especially when you look at the break even. The break even's 23. Like the rule of thumb I use is if um, whatever they scored over their break even, if you halve that, that's sort of the value. So let's just say his break even's 20 and he scores a 60. That's 80 points over. Yeah, it's a 40K increase. Yeah. yeah, it's a 40K increase. So that's really easy. And also, at that price, you probably are getting – you can get a Bergman off the field. You can yeah. get a row off the field. Not that I want to trade him, but just an example of someone that you feel yeah. confident in Warner every week because he's yeah. playing in the midfield. So I think it's definitely not TLMJ. It'd be the same for Jordan. Yeah. Now, now Gordon is – he's doing something I've never seen. <laughs> again, we know how good Rao was, but this is a guy that really wasn't – again, he was an academy pick, so he's a bit different in terms of, sure. you know, people didn't maybe put the the correct representation of how good of a player he was. Yep. And we know that a lot of clubs don't spend the time on these guys either, and neither does the media because they know that, you know, this is they a Swans player. Going, he's going yeah. to go the Swans. But, you know, he's already at 414,000 in, in AFL games. fantasy. And like, in Supercoach, he's averaging 116 <laughs> and at 241 with a break-in yeah. minus 69. So, so I think I think what's interesting, um, again, Warner, I think you can definitely grab grab him. He's got a consistent role, midfielder. But I think what gets interesting, MJ, is we spoke about those mid, mid-price guys. Mm. And, if, and if we look at, you know, a Chapman per se in AFL fantasy, he's got a break-even of nine. Yeah. You look at a guy like... Jath from Hawthorne, he's got a break even of 12. Like, yeah. as much as I like Chapman, I'd probably back in Jath to score 20 points more than him this week. Yeah. So on on cash alone, I've got Jath making 10K more than Chapman. Yeah. And and I'm getting 20 extra points on field. Now, granted, there's 150K difference. So I'm sure. paying for, for those points. But if, you, yeah. but if you weren't going to spend that cash, 
that's an extra 20 points on the field. You know, in theory, we know that Chapman could easily outscore Jeff, but that's the theory in AF. I think if you're going to have cash in the bank, you better be setting something up that you really want to do the next week. Mm -hmm. There's no point just having 400K sitting in there. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. If you can get a better player, especially if you can get a better player, spend it. Yeah. If you've if you've got enough money to go Chapman to Jazz, do it. If you've got enough to go to Cumming, do it. If you've got enough to go to Ridley, you can start thinking about those type of things because at least you're getting it. But also think next week, what are you thinking? Do you have another mid pricer that you need cash for? Yeah. To get rid of? Are you trying to time your run with a Fantasia? Mm. Do you think that Tex has got one week and you have to get off? You know, you got to think it through. But yeah, it's really interesting when the rookies aren't as glaring again, you mentioned some good ones and they could all work out. They could, none of them could work out. But I think at this stage where you've still got guys that are, again, they've had three price movements MJ. Yeah. It's not a crazy amount. Like Jath at 440 K going at 84. He's probably got another hundred K in him. Yeah. In that format. In AF. So Texas, Texas is the big one though, isn't he? Because last week, let's talk about the Texan. I'm Last week, people were worried. I, what I do you want to say? I, I'm happy to tee off. If, okay, you start. If you didn't get text last week because you were worried that he wouldn't score well, nothing's changed in seven days except he's done it again. What he did to do in round one, quality defensive team, quality Geelong outfit. They've lost Harry Taylor, but Blix is playing down back. That kid ain't no slatch as, as a key stock. So got it done against a grand finalist. Cool. Okay. That's, that's, a, that's a one-off. Let's go to Sydney. Okay. It was up against maybe not the greatest defensive unit of all time, but what have Sydney been able to do as, as a team, but certainly as a defensive structure, dominate the preliminary finalist in Brisbane, dominate the Tigers in a way that, I haven't seen a team do it at the MCG. And that's important, at the MCG. I haven't seen a team do that for a long time. Round two, they came off the, the COVID break and they just weren't quite the, their usual selves. The Sydney pressure was elite. But back to Tex. So what changed between one game and this game? You reacted. I, I think that's all it is, is you've seen another game and now you've realized what others realized a fortnight ago or a week ago was he comes up against North Melbourne with Ben Mackay as the only key defender there with core out injured with Tarrant out injured coming up against a a midfield unit. That's just getting smashed on the spread if they don't win the ball. And it's just pinging out of their forward 50 North Melbourne and and an Adelaide team that are taking the game on with run and carry um, and opening up the corridor of the ground. They then come up against Fremantle that only have a Brennan Cox and Harry Mackay showed us just how dominant key tolls will be against them. And then they've got a Hawthorne. And while Texas is no Tommy Hawkins in terms of physical presence, their tolls did just fine. So the fixture was already there. The scoring was never actually the benefit of why you went to Tex. It was cash. So I think if you're looking at Tex this week, you've got to do one of two things. And maybe I'm wrong here, Kane. And that's why there's two of us at least on the episode to go, oh, you're full of it, mate. I think one, 
is you genuinely believe he's going to be a premium scoring option for the rest of the year. Not a keeper, not going at this rate, but a premium scoring candidate for the rest of the year. That's why you're trading him in. Or the second, you're overreacting, you're overcorrecting, and you're just late to the crowd. I think, I think it's as simple as that. And, and he still could be good against North Melbourne. I think it's a good mm. test for the Crows' mindset. It's the first time they are back up. They are unbelievable favourites. It was 50-50 against the Suns. Sydney in front of them in Sydney, no chance against Geelong. So it's the first time this young Crows team will be favourites. So this is a good test for them. And it's the first time North Melbourne have been smashed in the media, like fully smashed in the media. So I just, I just think if you're if you're looking at text this week, you got either bad advice, you panicked, or you didn't see what was clearly in front of you. And that's not to knock on anybody that's going him or looking at him. I just think those are the things you've done. You've panicked, you got bad advice, or, or you just didn't see what was there a week ago, but now you do see it. Yeah, well, I think you've got to split into the formats again, MJ. Yeah. We said it's going to take a unique team situation to get him in DT and Supercoach. And with all of the other things we had going on and limited trades, um, I can't say that we were pushing for him. I think we said, you know, he's got a good run, but I definitely wasn't saying grab him in that format because that's, you know, I didn't see him as a top six guy. Um, So I think again, again, you've missed, you've missed a hundred K increase in one week in Supercoach. So, Again, you've just reeled off a fixture that still is really tantalising, but you're spending a trade to bring him in. Yep. And again, I think you're spending a trade to get him out. Yep. And you might even be having to spend another trade to get to the player that you really want. Yep. Um, AFL Fantasy is really interesting because he's at 560, roughly. Now, we know that the real big dogs are 800 plus. Mm-hmm. If he can hold... If he can hold a hundred across the next three weeks on average, yep. he's probably getting to seven fifty. Like that is genuinely how good he's going. Yeah. Maybe seven hundred at the low end, with maybe even temper it down to ninety across yeah. three weeks. hundred and forty K is not bad at all. Not bad <laughs> at all. Not when we real not when we reel off how hard it's gonna be for, you know, possibly a Burgess at two twenty to get his 140K. Yeah. The hard thing now is how are you getting to Tex is, is the thing, thing that I find interesting because if you're taking a cow up, that's 300K of investment you've got to put into him to mm-hmm. then, again, and obviously you're hoping points are good. Again, sure. That's clearly part of it. But to get your 140 back, you're going to have to put 300 in from a cow. Yep. Now, your other option is clearly, is there a primo that you have that you want to get off? To go in, now, maybe. personally, last week for me, maybe I was lucky I didn't have really overly too many injuries in AFL mm-hmm. Fantasy, but I had Dugowie and I took him to Tex. Nice. I just thought, you know, I'm probably going to get similar output. Clearly, on a one-week sample, Got I'm over it. the moon. Yep. I'm over the moon. But now, all of a sudden, you know, the cash is near on even. You know, you're yeah. spending a trade to go sideways. I just always think, look at your whole team. Is that the best move you can make? Because yeah, don't forget, cool. people who got him last week, like myself, or two weeks earlier, even the four people that started him, they are way ahead mm-hmm. on this guy. 
so they banked the points I, and the cash. So that's where for me, there was greater reward getting him last week because while he was popular in terms of a trade sense, there was still a lot of teams that weren't buying into him. Yeah. Now it's a crossroad where the masses want to get him. They don't want to miss out anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe they're telling themselves that he is the best forward, key forwards are back. Sure. But there's actually greater reward in not getting him now, yeah. in my opinion. I agree. Because all those teams ahead that have good starts in that format, they probably have him because yeah. that's how impactful he's been. So I always think if you want to catch up, and I still think it's not clear cut, yep. you take him on. You find someone else at a similar price point that hasn't had their run yet. And whether you look at fixture, whether you look at matchups, um, or- draw, whatever you think is good in the game, you know, maybe you've got an Oliver and you're worried about Mark O'Connor and, and you think, you know what, I can get 200 down here and go up there. Like you've got to get creative. And I think last week and definitely the week prior, Tex was creative. That was an option that people weren't thinking about too much. They thought yeah. about it a little bit last week. And now it's extremely front of mind where people are bending over backwards to get him in. And that's the part I don't like. Yeah. If you're If you're just, this is my guy, I have to get him. And you're not thinking about the structure of the team and everything else. Um, again, people want to have good rankings, MJ. Yeah. And sometimes the only way to catch up is to be different. And I that's not that's being right. not being stupid. You know, we always say it's not just for the sake of it. Yeah. But if everyone's on this guy, if he gets a sixty, and you've gone elsewhere, yeah, that's made it. Now I know the counterpoint is, yeah, but Kane, if he goes one hundred and thirty again, yeah, sure, I'm behind. Yeah. But you got to think about what you think's realistic maintainable and at the price again the yep. price mj he's up more than two hundred thousand in that format two hundred thousand dollars taylor walker you've missed three scores three big scores it just seems to me that um it's more fear of missing out as opposed to really looking at it and he's kicked 17 goals mj Let's be honest, that's not a sustainable number of He's goals. He's not kicking bags of five and six every week, and there is no way Murph are going to not lock down on him. As as good as the Crows have looked in a couple of games, and they've looked pretty good, maybe in contrast to last year. Maybe that's why they look so good. How has Adelaide got back in that game from a, from a goal avenue perspective? It was Tex. How did Adelaide stay in the game for as long as they did for, against Sydney, it was Tex. Who was the difference maker against Gold Coast, uh, against Geelong in terms of scoreboard pressure? Tex. If now, if North Melbourne are going, how are we going to beat the Crows this week? We are blocking every avenue Tex has aerially. We're going to play a man in front. We're, we're, we're going to fill that space. If I'm David Noble and that opposition team going, what's our best chance of beating the Crows? It's stopping Tex because outside of him, the Crows haven't looked stunning going forward. So if I'm North Melbourne, I'm clamping down. That's the thing we need to often remind ourselves when a player gets a lot of media narrative and attention, opposition analysts notice that too, even more so than we do. So I think when players have blinding games, opposition teams go, what can we do to curb their impact this coming week? And so I think Texas... Well, the, in- the risk's gone up, though, isn't it, MJ? That's the yeah. thing. The risk has gone up because it wasn't as risky at 300. No. It, it wasn't as risky at 400. It's now, in this format, 550. 
you know, in Supercoach, it's 400 plus. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, he does have to start not Delivering maintaining again. this level, but he has to keep, he has to deliver. Whereas at the other thing, you go, oh, if Tex rolls out a 70, you know, I'm, I'm using the, the, the score's already gone to boost the price. I'm going to yeah. jump off. I just feel like you just never want to become one-eyed in these formats. The amount of times you just take a fresh look at your team, and I always encourage people, send your team to other people that play the game. Because sometimes you get so locked in on what you think is the best thing for your team, and you don't see the blare in the obvious. So, again, I know at the Coach Panel, we do that all the time, between each other, hey, what do you think? This is what I'm thinking. Sometimes... You just send it and don't even tell the person what you're thinking because you don't want to lead the witness yeah, it's down like, a certain hey, path. What do you just, see? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'd encourage people to do that. Um, as I said, people will bring him in and maybe it will work, maybe it won't. Good luck but the hard you thing is you're investing more than those other people. Yep. And on the flip side, you're getting less out of it because he can't go up in cash as much as the people who bought him in yeah, last gonna, week, gonna clearly. Points as yeah. So that's the thing where I think, MJ, if personally, if I didn't have him, and now for fantasy, I couldn't go there now. Look for the next one. I think, yeah, I agree. Look for the next one. All right, let, let me talk about a couple of guys um, before we get to some Patreon questions that we've got to get to. Again, if you're loving what you get out of the coaches panel, the articles, the podcasts, join our Patreon supporter group. There are tiers, there are bonus levels, there's extra content, hidden groups. There's a lot of stuff in there. Uh, private the converse. Private conversations. Um, you're making it sound like it's a dodgy f- website, mate. Look at you. Uh, you can go find all the links to our coachesbattle.tv. Um, I want to throw some names to you, and I want to get your take, Kane, on whether they're real or whether they're, they're just a counterfeit. So not fake, but, but they're not going to deliver as legitimately as the real deal. I want to throw some names. Are they real premiums? Are they real top tier? Are they the real deal? Or is there something about them that you just go, nah, it's a, it's a, there's a bit of counterfeit about it. It'll get you through to a period, but it won't get you through for the year. Let me throw some names. Jordan Ridley. He showed last year he can score. But is he, is he a top six defender across the formats? Or is he a close enough to i think he is real mj and this is why i say this in this day and age with this game it seems like more than ever with the reduced interchange if you get stuck on the bench it can absolutely destroy your score just ask like, tom and, mitchell and, he was and we, and we, eight minutes and, and the reason i bring this up is in his first two games really didn't come off the ground in the, in the in the game against the Saints, he played a, a just disgusting ninety percent time on ground. <laughs> he's got a monopoly on the kickouts, like he's got a pure monopoly as any player in the competition, and he plays on in pretty much all of them. Near mm-hmm. on, I think he might have not played on one. Like that is how good he is at that. Yeah, there's no one else down there. When we did flag this in the top fifty discussion earlier in the preseason, that Sard's gone, McKenna gone. Yeah. We know Heppel's missed some time. Um, Devin's not playing that role anymore. Nope. Um, for me, he's in that top six. He's legit. Now, I think the interesting conversation comes, is he the top dog? Has he mm. passed a Lloyd? You know, there's some great numbers going around that, you know, Dawson, Campbell, these guys are actually eating into the this monopoly that Lloyd had in the past. Yeah. Now, is he still a great player? Yeah. Yes. But this was a guy that, as we know, was all-time deep, like back 
pack numbers. Yeah. He only has to fade off a little bit. And he is back in that pack. Again, Rory Laird's another one that we flagged. Yeah. Midfielder, just so industrious, doesn't even need time on ground to score. But yeah. but I can see Ridley, he's elevated. Like, I didn't yeah. have him in that tier preseason. I was we were big on Lloyd, Whitfield, and Laird. We obviously yep. haven't seen Whitfield. But no, I think that's real. I think Ridley has elevated into that tier. Yeah. Um, and this game suiting him. Again, he's on the field, taking kickouts. Um, and to be honest, as good as Essendon were on the weekend, I think people still have them losing more than they win. Yep. The ball's going to be down there. <laughs> and they want it in his hands. He's a beautiful kick. And I think the other thing that I love about him, he wins his own footy, MJ. Yeah. Intercepts in the air, on the ground. Um, again, best and fairest winner. He's, he's probably a guy that, honestly, we probably will have in our team for the better part of six, seven, eight years. Yeah, he's, he's that good. good um, what about a Jack Bowes. Again, highly talented academy kid. Uh, the Gold Coast love him. Uh, kind of got some parallels, not in terms of type of player, but like a Nick Vlostom. Richmond loved him, couldn't get him into the midfield, developed him into a really quality all-round defender, and now he's 55 premierships or whatever he's got now. Whereas Bo, same thing. They couldn't get him into the midfield, but he's kind of developed himself into this quarterback set up the play type guy and rather it's the lacocious types that have moved and up and pushed up the ground. Is this real or is this just a couple of nice weeks of scoring? For, for the two categories you've given me, MJ, it is counterfeit in a sense that I don't have him top six. Yeah, He's going to have his career best year yeah, no and he's going to be really close. The only thing I don't like is if you don't have him, you haven't got any of these good scores the first three yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah. That That's what frustrates me in terms of putting him into the top six is because he's had really good scores yeah. and they're gone. Yeah. You know, if I'm going to bring him in and I see him as a 95 guy with the scores he's already done, he's probably more like 92, 93. So that's why I say great season. Yeah. But if I'm talking real from now, yeah. I've missed good scores. Um, I've got him in the top 10, probably around, nine or 10, mm. um, but I can't be saying like a Ridley that this is the guy that you really want. Okay, Kane, that's two defenders. Let, let's do one more before we head to another line. Again, we've got Patreon questions to get to. Callum Mills, real or counterfeit? I think that's real. I think yeah. he's in a tier below Ridley. Um, and the hard part is MJ, he's looked sensational. He's got the mid-roll final mm. that we've been talking about for probably five years, so it's nice to put that behind us. Yep. The Swans have been so good yeah, that part of me so just think, good. I sort of want to see Mills in a loss or Sydney in a loss yeah. just to see, um, you know, how that looks. Because as you said, they've been so good. They've been so restrictive. Um, again, don't have him that same sort of urgency as a Ridley. Mm. I think I think what you're paying now is probably around what you're going to get, but I don't yeah. think there's any value there. You think about a Jack Crisp who always seems to find his way to the same level, you know, he's started a bit slow. So for me, that says there's good things on the way. Yeah. Um, so that's why for me, I do have Mills in my six. It's just that bang for buck. I'm not really racing out, you know, in a way I'd love to see a couple of poor scores and jump on because I think he's a great mid. He's a great player. He's got such a well-rounded game, but you know, as I said, when Ridley's gotten kickouts consistently, um, I've yeah. got him above. So it's probably Mills probably splits, those two in Ridley and Bose. 
All right, fair enough. I'll, I'll give you both midfielders that I've got. You might have another, but I'll give you the two that I've got. There's probably three, but I'll give you two. Rory Sloan and Sam Walsh. Both a little different in terms of scoring and at different ends of their career across the format. So are they both real or are they counterfeit? I'll start with Sloan. Yeah. Jeez, I, I love this guy. So it's tough, but he, he's not real in the sense that I don't have him as a top tier eight. guy. Yeah. I don't have him as a top tier. Again, I, I think he's a great AF pick. If you've jumped on yeah. and you've got what he's already delivered, beautiful. Super coach, likewise. Yeah. You know, if you took. If you took him over Taranto in that similar price bracket, if you took him over a route, you're, you're clearly stoked. Um, but I think he's going to be, you know, that cheap M8 and you go, I'll worry about him at the buy. If he's, if I've got trades up my sleeve, I'll move him. If not, I'm very happy. Walsh, yep. real, de- real deal. Yeah, I'm with you. Especially super coach. Yep. He's so efficient. He's so efficient. He's obviously getting a stack of the ball. Um, the marks have dried up and that uncontested stuff that we saw him really do in the past where he just runs so hard on the outside and get a lot of those kick marks, yeah, not yeah. there as much. So his DT is actually, um, you know, slightly underwhelming from what I thought he'd be able to do. I thought he'd yeah. be straight up at 110, but what he is doing from a super coach perspective is such quality. The contested stuff, he uses the ball so cleanly. Um, and as I said, big numbers, yeah. um, I think, and the numbers suggest it. He's just rolling on from an output point of view yep. from his second half of last year. But obviously, he's really an inside guy now. And I think when you've got Crips alongside you, taking a lot of that attention, and mm. also the way that Walsh plays, he's, yeah. he's going to get to more contests than anyone. Like he's yeah. that type of guy where he's just always working, um, always just happy to give it off to a pe- person in a better position and move on, doesn't try to do too much. And yeah, it's true. Um, while Cripps can be amazing at that, sometimes that is the knock on him that he tries to put on the cape. He tries, hmm. tries to win the game in one moment, whereas, you know, Walsh is just industrious is probably the best word to describe him. And I think um, I think in Supercoach, even people that didn't start him, you bring him in now, he'll be in that top eight and you'll be happy. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Um, we've already talked about text, so we don't need to do a real or counterfeit. But there is one more forward I want to talk about before we get to some Patreon questions. Jack Zebel. Is this real life? Or are we just seeing a really nice run and a really good combination of things? Well, I think it's probably there's probably two camps, MJ. I think it's probably the Sloan thing. So I think it simplified the pinned to a category be counterfeit but i think people that started him which is a large portion of the competition in dt and super coach yep you're just going to ride him you want to see sorry it's going to take an injury which we do know is a flight risk with zebel yes or you want to just see that deteriorate which for me would have to be a luke mcdonald or even a number of players come back and you know that kick out share falls away that distribution avenue at uh, the defense goes to luke mcdonald and all of a sudden the scoring falls away yeah um, I think the other hard thing is you couldn't trade him in. You know, that's the thing I think. Why would you want to trade into a guy that's injured? So I really think if you don't have him, you're letting him go. If you do, you're just hoping that nothing bad happens. And if it does, you still go, I'm really happy. I'm the other one I do want to th- throw in, MJ, okay. and I'm going to throw it to you, which is really nice okay. for a change. Oh, this is why I host these things, but sure, and, go and, for it. And this is a guy that, We've talked about in the coaches panel community for a while. Yep. We even liked him as a junior. Yep. No idea who Lockie Fogarty. Oh, don't. 
Okay. Um, now, I've he, got you when he's come off one of the, the biggest score of his career and a genuine big score, especially yeah. in Supercoach. It was a 163. It is monster. Like, um, he, he's counterfeit. That's a really great game from him. And he's had a really good start to the year. Um, across all the formats, Fogarty's been good. But he's not top six or top ten forward good. Like, let's roll through the names of through the forward lines across the floor. I was hoping you'd do this because I feel like some people might have forgot about some of the forwards we have. There is some pretty handy forwards that we've got that people, I think, have forgotten about. So, Dunkley looks like the clear number one across formats at the moment. At the moment. I hate talking about him. Yeah, I know, I know. I know you're not a big rap on him. Patrick Dangerfield's one week away. So those that are holding him, you just got one more week. Those that either haven't owned or traded. So there, there's another one coming through. there. Dusty Martin, 66% of the time this year, he's been a dominant force. So that's that's three big forwards already. Then you've got a Dane Zorko. Let's look at him as number four. Quiet round two, but pretty good round one and round three. So, so that's four big forwards that we've got to look at it there. Steel side bottom is another that by the end of the year, history suggests he's going to be closer towards the top tier. And while they're at different price points, who am I putting my chips in? Is it on Lockie Fogarty? Who's yes, he's finally getting his opportunity or against steel side bottom. I know where I'm going to choose to put my chips in that sense of there. Rowan Marshall. He's due back. If not this week, definitely the week after and will play a key role in St Kilda trying to get back some trust and some respect after a really disappointing week last week. So so what's that? Five, six? Toby Green has been dominating his way through the games. And, and so he's absolutely been absolutely braining it for coaches that have owned him and for those that have watched. He, he's been awesome. It's only been one game. Chad Wingard looked awesome for the Hawks in that one game. Isaac Smith, one bad game. Zach Butters, MJ. Zach Butters, I haven't even got to. Zebel, who we just alluded to, has been scoring well. Um, Isaac Heaney's been excellent. Tom Phillips, been a bit meh, but he's fine. And then I didn't even mention Tex properly. I, there's just no way for me. You go through those names, and there's more I could do, that I say he's... Fogarty's so real that he knocks out most of these guys. I just don't see it. Yeah. Again, I think he's really good. Yep. I think he's great value. He's a yep. great starting pick. Great for drivers. I just, I just hate it when you've missed a score like that because a 163 is genuinely a score that could be a career high for him when his it's career a, is it's over. It's a unicorn score. He's not doing that. So again. again, 78, 90, 163. Really nice. Really good. Um, 380K in Supercoach, which is, again, I think the format where you can pick him if you're going to pick him. You're not I'd, picking him in I'd DT. i at that point. I've got yeah. greater trust in him at 100K cheaper. Yeah. Uh, again, I think he's very good. Great starting pick. But I'd rather be proven wrong yeah. and not get him than really chase it and hope it, it comes off. Because as you said, I still think the bar for Fords is 100 yeah. So even if he gets to a 90 from now on, from now on, we always say that. It's from when you try it. It seems tough. Yeah, so. I, I don't see it. Well done if you were on him last week, whether it be a daily fantasy draft mm, or your classic amazing. team. Well done. It's not going to happen again. All right, let's jump into some of these Patreon questions that we've got, Kane. 
a few i'm seeing oh i'm seeing a lot of my name in these oh no what have i said all right let's jump in and have a look at these you can tell how much we prepare for some of these podcasts uh, these are all from our patreon supporters if you want to join in the links coachespanel.tv for you tom says this he says boys i'm currently 47th overall in afl fantasy tom well done to you. Come and join the podcast, my friend. He asked this question. Wondering what's the best move, is it, to double downgrade some non-playing or low-earning rooks to faster rises? He's given the example of Kazitsky to Burgess. Or take the risk and downgrade a Clark and Fantasia for the classic one down, one up. But on both those, they both certainly stalled in terms of their scoring and cash generation. There's not much left if they keep going around what their average i know kane this is a this is a dilemma you're facing as well too this week so tom's a, a little bit further ahead than you only about 50 odd points ahead of you know uh in, in terms of where you're ranked in afl fantasy doing nice things in that format too mate so so what is he doing is he going getting rid of those non-cash guys or is he dealing with the mid prices that have kind of hit a breaching halt i prefer to go with the mid prices because I think I'm getting points on field. That's yeah. sort of how I'm judging at this stage. And again, the cat's well into the bag. We don't have great confidence in these rookies. So to take two of them this week um, seemed a bit rich for mine. Yeah. Um, now, again, obviously I'll say, what player are you getting up to? That's always the thing. Depending how much cash you've got is going to make it more appealing. You know, if you're just got, if you've got nothing, you know, you're probably only getting to a low 600K, maybe mid 600K player. Now, that's a really speculative range for me, especially in that format. You know, you need to really, you know, from a defender point of view, if you're not touching 700 plus, you know, your Ridleys aren't in play, you know, your Crisps aren't in play, you start getting high sixes, you know, Daniel Bowes, Stewart, you got guys that are on the fringes there, maybe that's a line. Yeah. Midfield, you're not going to get anything no. real keeper worthy in that line. And then forward line, you know, maybe you really like Butters. But again, if you want to get a Zorko, you got to get to 700. So depending on the cash, um, if you love the premium, I think the one up, one down can work. But as we mentioned as well, sometimes just moving from mid-price to mid-pricer, if you really think there's a jump there, you know, if you think you're getting, um, if we just use Clark to, Clark to coming, if you think there's 15, 20 points in that combination alone, and you think you can go um, Fantasia to Jath and you get another 15, 20. Yeah. Sometimes that double pairing is better than the cow and the full primo, especially in these sort of week to week. And again, you look at a Ridley, um, if he can do what texted and defy what Sydney's restricted teams to, great. But maybe in a one-week situation, coming can match him. Maybe Jath can match him. So that's the other thing in fantasy. It's all about the timing. Um, I think you're on the right course. Just have a lot of confidence in that rookie and have as much confidence in that primo as well. If you don't, don't rule out just the mid-price to mid-price, especially if you're playing that little break-even game. And again, as you said, MJ, they're all up on, on the website. Yeah. Um, just keep it ticking over. That's what it is. Just keep getting that squad value going up yeah. and try to maximize those points weeks. on the field. It's tough. Yeah. yeah. First seven weeks be a lot of- now that where you are, mate, is clearly you've got the right options at the right times for the first three weeks. So well done. Mm. Now... Your job is how much cash can you make over this next month to start getting aggressive 
with those upgrades. And if you can do that, Tom, really well over this next month while still banking points on field. And then back on those rookie to rookie, if you think Clark and Fantasia are going to deliver what a um, a coming and a Jaff will do, for example, Hmm. we'll keep them and do the sideways rookie to rookie and be ahead, have that bench turning over. As I said, I just don't have enormous confidence that I'm not, you know, trading a cosy to a Burgess and then having a cosy problem in Burgess in two weeks time. That's yeah. the type of stuff that can stall you. Um, but again, it's so tough in those type of moments, especially in AF because you got two trades, a lot of stuff's happening. A lot of stuff changes real quick. Yeah, no, it certainly does. All right. Next question. It's a combination of guys here. Tom's jumping back in on this one too, but Matty Davis is the leader for it. <sighs> question for you, MJ, Josh Kelly, shut up. Um, I know you were super keen on him. Yes, I was. And am still, Matt, um, from watching him, he's looked like he's moving well. What are your thoughts? He started a little slow. And also, did you start him in any format? Yes, mate. I started him everywhere. And maybe I'm just doubling down on it. What What's confusing for me? And again, at Patreons, especially our premium tier Patreons, you've already heard my take on Joseph Kelly in our podcast, but... Here's the thing. He's going, he hasn't dropped under 90 in AFL Fantasy or Dream Team yet. He's given you one super coach ton and it was a flat liner. But what's odd, last week's score, by the way, he got lucky because he got two goals he shouldn't have got. Especially both of them he shouldn't have got. Um, so that's a bit flattering. What would be concerning for Josh Kelly owners is that when the game was on the line, and it was on the line against Melbourne in the last quarter. And Cornelio and DeBoer weren't there. They were still happy to use him outside and off half forward and not at centre stoppage. Ward, Hopper, Green and Taranto, they were the four rotating through. So I think that is a concern. If I was a Kelly owner, which I am everywhere, that is a concern. Because I don't think he's spending enough time at half forward for AFL fantasy coaches to go, look, it's my new F1. Um, For me, you've got to look at the positive element. He's still going 90-odd. He's not got the ceiling, but what you paid for him to go what he's doing, knowing what he can do, it's a hold for me in in those formats of the game. What is alarming is that even with the game on the line and cattle down, they wouldn't play him there. Now, I don't know whether it's because they need class on the outside and and no Whitfield, no Perryman, these sort of guys, maybe that's a bit of a too big of a, a leap to jump. But that's the only concern for me, Kane. Like, what, what's your take as a non-owner? Maybe I'm too invested in the Josh Kelly camp. How nervous should Kelly owners truly be at this point of time of the year? It just seems like something, MJ, that's what's the value of a trade again? Yeah. That's you know, good. again, if you're going to make 100 points – you know, does it really seem worth it if you're moving him to someone that's only 10 points better when this is a guy that can do that in a heartbeat? I do think it is bizarre. Yeah. You know, this midfield mix of the Giants, yeah. quite frankly, they've just they've got it wrong. Like, you look at how good West Coast are, for example. When a Tim Kelly, when a Shuey, when a Sheed, when these guys come out of the midfield, and I know they get as good a supply as you can yeah. get from their Ruckman, but the way they use the ball going forward to their forwards and the way they lay it out, like, let's be honest, Taranto, Ward, Hopper, and Tom Green kicking 
is that really going to be scaring back lines? Is that really going to be giving their forwards first use? Yeah. You know, hitting them on the lead? Like, none of them are great kicks. No. Like, it just mystifies me that Kelly... The best kick they have. The best kick they have who can really go in there, they don't use. Now, clearly, there's a role, and we flagged chatting before the show that it is that Whitfield role come in straight off the center off the center half forward flank um, center half forward straight into the midfield yep and get involved but the hard thing is when they can't control the ball yeah and they can't possess it and it is for that reason they can't kick the ball well enough for these guys that win it yeah to maintain it and work it down the ground yeah and again the run and carry is not there um that's the unfortunate thing for for Josh is that the total giant's pie is not there like it no. used to be. They can't control it. They can't work it down the field. And it's tough for him. And it's really tough in that role. So, again, I think you just got to hold, hope the role changes. Hold You're lucky that. he's not killing you because, um, really, it isn't a hard role to score in. That's a really hard role if you're playing half forward in a team that's really not very good. Yeah, no, fair enough too. I don't mind that shout. Uh, last couple of questions uh, to roll through. Uh, good friend of, of the panel, co- contributes a lot in the preseason. You can go and check out, maybe even coach against him if you'd like. The Rain Man has asked two questions that I want to throw to you, mate. First one, is it too late on any of these guys in Supercoach? Tex, Impy, and Warner. Quickly for me, is, uh, any of them, is it too late on? And the others, is there still space to go and get them? So let's go one by one, MJ. Impy. It probably could go Impy. It's just, I just hate that price range, MJ. When you start getting to 300K, um, to get 150K, the player has to play so well that you're actually not going to trade them. That's That's the thing that's always fascinating about that price range is He's doing. He's going to do so well if you think he's going to make enough money that you're not actually going to move him on. Would you, Would you agree? Yeah, I, I, and it, it was, the question is always, well, how are you getting to him? Like, what are you doing? Are you spending another hundred k now? If you held a Caldwell, for example, to be able to loophole a Grundy, okay, well, that's different. So the question for me is, how are you getting? down to the MPs, the Texas, um, and the Warner who you alluded to, that for me is almost more important than whether or not you're actually going to be able to get to them. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It has to be you're stuck. You, you don't need any cheap cows. Or you don't like any cheap cows. You can't get to a big dog. And you just think, this yeah. is a person that will give me good points. Yeah, They'll create some dollars and they'll be a stepping stone to you know better the team in the future. Yeah, I think they're all sort of in that category. I agree. Um, he's asked a follow-up question. Now back to the GWS Giants. Dream team focus. Toby Green. Is he more or less relevant with the new rules and the Giants' midfield injuries? Just a guy, MJ, that I don't want to trade into. Just yeah. injury concerns. Um, again, single-handedly kept him in the game. He's yeah. a phenomenal player. Again, really hard role to get above 100. So the burn factor there's not for me. We know that the burn factor for Toby Green is pure mid. If yeah. that happens, it's on. Um, it's interesting. In the current role, he's capped at 
again, I'll say 100 is the absolute cap in that role. It's probably more like he's always done mid to low 90s in Supercoach, yeah. high 80s, low 90s in DT. Um, again, he kicked five. You just, it's not a role that you can just do that week in, week out and yeah. get enough around the ground um, to support that. So for me, it'd be a pass. Yep, fair enough. So last three questions. AFL Fantasy from Stephen. He goes, is it too late to chase Rory Sloan? He's looking to bring him in from a Jordan Degoe, obviously using some DPP or his utility position to open up that opportunities through there. So I'll talk you through the price point of both the players just to give you all the information, and then I'll give you the break-evens. Rory Sloan, he's going to set you back $620,000. Um, he does have a break even of 60. He's coming off an average of mid 90s, 95. So that's where he's kind of sitting at for you through there. Jordan Degoe, he's got a price for you at just 579,000, has a break even of 92. Obviously, different positions. So something else is another factor of who plays in the other part of the ground in terms of total points, but about 40K gap between them is it worth the 40k to go up and go and get rory yeah i actually don't mind it mj i think you're probably going to get sloan at 100 95 to 100 in that format yeah um the hard thing is you're trading out a guy to go he can do that and i say hard because exactly he could do anything any week now 92 is not a break even that really scares me um they're playing the giants so um You know, there's no reason he couldn't have a good game. I guess what I'm really coming back to is make sure that you it really is your highest priority. If yeah. there is nothing else, I'm more than happy to go, yep, 41K, rid yourself of a problem. Yeah. Probably, let's say, make anywhere between 10 and 20 points. Yeah. Obviously, Sloan's walking into a North Melbourne matchup. Yeah. Um, that would be you know right up there as favourable. Um, but as you said, what's your mix as well? If it's just as simple as, oh, I had Campbell, um, you know, in this line, I'll just swing him back and it doesn't really affect you. Sure. Fine. Um, again, I like it. Like Sloan. I think to go, he's just a guy, 80. So I think there's points there. Yeah. Um, but it also doesn't scream to me, make this trade right now. It just seems like, yep, that's a nice move. Not luxury, not, not could go that far, but um, clearly you don't have anything else that's really pressing to do something like that. Yeah, no, I don't fair. think you have to just push to go out of your team this week. No, I think he's the kind of he he's he's a frustrating player now to have because you know at any week he can pop and give you a ninety to hundred, but you also know that he'll pop for a quarter and, and look like he's heading to it like he did last week, and then get you in no man's land where a cash cow is scoring comparable. Yeah, we had seventy eight at half time in that in that game. MJ and then finished on what is it 91? Yeah, like yeah. That's exactly. that's where it's tough. Again, if, if you didn't watch the game and you just check the scores at the end, you go, oh, 91. Handy. Cool. But if you're watching it, you go, here's my 140, 130, and, and he just he just drifts out. Yeah, it's why for me, I, I think he he's if you've got him, he's not a he should if he's your major priority, you've done well. But certainly, no matter the format, for me, I, I don't think so. He's not going to be the reason you win or lose just yet. No. Um, at this point. All right, last one, Tony. Uh, I think we've answered your question about fixing up, whether it's fixing up cash cows or mid prices. I think we've kind of answered that for you along the way. This one I've just read. So this could be interesting. Craig, uh, oh mate, wants to know this. With the power of hindsight, who would have made the top five of the 50 most relevant? Oh, okay. 
I'll fly okay. around on this one. All right. I'll, I'll tell you who was in my top Matt five. The most relevant. Yeah, I agree. So it was Lloyd, Gorn, Steele, Whitfield, and uh, that's still side bottom, by the way. Whitfield and Dangerfield. So those were the five that were there. Who would be in it now? I a thousand percent agree. Matt Flynn, now that we know what we know, Flynn is in. So I think you've got to get it. Well, Golden MJ would have to be in. Golden has to be in. There is no world that Golden is not in to that yeah. position. Well, Tex would have to be in there. Yep. I have him in because if you started him, MJ, you're ahead of you're the making pack. 150K. You're ahead of everyone. You've already netted 140 points a week in Supercoach, 120 in DT and AF. Yep. Now, the other one that probably has to be in there due to his line is probably Ridley. Because he's in the mix. I don't know if he's there, but he's definitely in the mix. He's, he's, he's a name. He's a definite name fighting for that. I think the first three, Golden, Flynn, and Tex, you have to. I think I, I think, think McRae really... might be there and thereabouts just because he's been your captain every week. He's he's pretty much the best mid across the formats. Mm. Um, so he he'd need to be in that conversation for you. You know, you know a guy that we might have to give some real respect to here. Yeah, which is it does sound strange, but Jack Zebel. Yeah, is is fighting. If you're talking dollars per point, what you're getting. The role he played, a lot of teams needed that type of price point. Yeah, good shout. It's it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, but a very right interesting there. question. Something that Mills wasn't... would be somewhere up there, Craig. Maybe not. I yeah, think you're I think right. it's Bob Ridley. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Warner, very interesting maybe. It, it's a it's a dangerous thing, Craig, to look back and see. It's the equivalent of watching and listening things you loved as a teenager growing up going oh that that was the greatest movie ever and then you watch it and it was rubbish i'm trying to teach my kids old tv shows at the moment they're like that episode on disney plus was rubbish dad like okay well you can go to your room you punk so so that's dangerous for me to go back and look at the 50 most relevant but that's okay good question craig oh still Still Devo. All right. Hey, Kane, thank you for your work on this episode, mate. It's been an absolute bumper of a podcast. Appreciate your thoughts as always, mate. No worries, MJ. Good luck, everyone. Another week, another week in the books, and um, yep. we'll do it all again next week. We shall. Thursday night game and teams are out. you got some vice-captaincy options in that game, as you do every other game. Uh, hopefully for you, though, the cash cows you place on field, you're winning rookie roulette. Hope your premiums smash it, you nail your captains, and that everything goes your way. And if it doesn't, that's just a part of the luck of the game. Uh, from all of us here at the Coaches Panel, good luck this week. We'll chat to you soon. And I hope you have a fantastic week of fantasy footy. Give it all, now keep-